Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. We have got Mark Hinton, of course, uh, from Stuff, and Sam Ackerman, who's uh, pretty freelance these days with his uh, thoughts and opinions uh, with uh, us this morning, and uh, really pleased to have those two guys on board. Uh, Mark, we'll start with you, and uh, the Djokovic uh, has left Australia. The story hasn't quite gone away yet, and news this morning coming out of France, that their regulations have changed. He might not be able to play in the French Open either. So where does that leave the number one tennis player in the world going forward? The Novaks, he should change his name. Um, yeah, it leaves him in a tight spot for, for probably a lot of 2022, doesn't it? Look, he's not going to be able to play in the French Open unless their, uh, their laws change. Uh, they're actually tightening up on... On, uh, on not allowing unvaccinated people into the country. It's going to play havoc with, with the rugby comp, the European rugby comps, with the uh, football uh, matches that are unfolding with unvaccinated players, and it will not allow Novak to play in the French Open. But he, I'm sure he'll give it a go, Smithy, because as we've seen with Novak Djokovic, or Novak Djokovic, uh, he doesn't seem to think that the rules and laws and regulations of everyday life apply to him, and I'm sure he'll be making his best effort to get into into Paris and to France. So it'll be the story that keeps on giving this year, Smitty. But uh, at this stage, as it stands, he won't be at the French Open and it'll be another chance to become the greatest ever tennis player of all time, officially, uh, that will pass him by. Sam Ackerman, it's very hard outside of Serbia to find anyone who backs his case. Uh, where, do you, where do you... Where do you stand on this? Uh, is, was, he, was he dreaming? Were, you know, we're taking on a country? I was always really interested to see what the uh, the stance would be, and when the uh, when the courts found in his favour, I automatically thought, well, that won't last. It's the uh, the government's going to uh, to take a stand here, and the pro- the problem is is that Djokovic was working under an assumption, his assumption, his team's assumption, they'd be allowed in, allowed into the country. I don't think that they did enough homework to find out because they were probably afraid of what that answer might have been. Australia made things pretty clear and whether he or anyone else agrees with it or not, it's their country, their rules. So um, it's I, I'm I'm not surprised that uh, it's ended the way that it has. And I'm, uh, I think that um, Novak Djokovic has every right to make every choice for himself. But uh, just like he has that right, uh, the governments have, uh, have that right, whether it's right, wrong, or otherwise to make their call. So it's a, a, a continuous messy situation. I'm, I'm blown away 
by the level of coverage it has got around the world, and by that I'm talking about news coverage. It's it's the leading. It was the leading story. This this uh, this whole whole affair over um, like national radio here, BBC. We're talking news coverage here. I was I was really surprised uh, that the vaccination status or the ability to play in a tournament of one very well known tennis player. It's fair to say. Uh, was treated as big as it is because we're going to have these issues flare up uh, plenty over the next uh, year or two. Mark, were you surprised at just how big it became? Um, yes and no. Um, yeah, like Sam, you know, it, it was a massive story. Um, and I think it's been a bit of a test case. I think it might, you know, might be um, even decreasing circles, if you like, as the year plays out and these things become a little bit more normal. But I think this was seen as a massive test case, wasn't it? A guy, you know, standing up for his right, uh, basically, you know, make, moving heaven and earth to basically try and get into a country that clearly didn't want him in there. So, um, yeah, uh, politics, uh, the outspoken nature of Serbia's politicians, past and present, added to the mix. Mm. It was a real soap opera, wasn't it? We had, you know, uh, bizarre sort of comparisons with good and evil and chosen ones and everything. Um, so yeah, it had all the ingredients, Smitty, but I don't see I don't see um, um, it, it continuing to hog the news headlines as we do see more and more of these things. Because let's face it, the way the world's unfolding in 2022, which is not a lot different to 2021 and 2020, um, you know, these things are going to become more and more commonplace. They are, and I think nonconformists are on the way out. To be fair, big talk, big opinions, the panel. I was going to ask you guys uh, as well, uh, 2022 events uh, that you're looking forward to, we've pretty much covered that with uh, the women's sport because that sort of dominates at the Commonwealth Games as, as well. Uh, but uh, Sam, I, I think it's fair to say uh, the Phoenix men and women and the breakers have underperformed as New Zealand franchises uh, in Australia at the early stages of their season. Uh, it's still a couple of months away till the Warriors, so we really need a fast start from them. What are you hearing behind the scenes? Anything at all about... Uh, where they're at and uh, the likely start to the season? Uh, well, when you're talking about the events looking forward to, I presumed you were going to ask me about the uh, the 2022 Warriors grand final victory. But we'll we'll, we'll, we'll save that hashtag our year. Uh, we'll, we'll save that for uh, for later on. But I, I, I'm hearing that um, from, from the Warriors, it is by their standards and because they've been away, uh, it's a low key, like they're happy with the intensity, but it's low key. They're not uh, whipping themselves into a frenzy. They're not um, talking themselves into um, big zones. Like when the conversations that have come out of the club uh, publicly as well have been really focusing on people like Reese Walsh, apologising uh, for stuffing up. They're talking about uh, Ash Taylor's uh, this, uh, move to the full-time squad and how they've been impressed. And that's kind of been the general uh, feeling and, and the word I'm hearing from people is they're impressed uh, with how things are going. But it's should be pointed out, very few clubs come through and say, we're going terrible uh, in this pre-season and uh, you know, everybody's undefeated right now, so it's, a, it's an easy place to be and uh, you're only judging against those you're running against so uh, a fast start is, is needed, you're right, because the Warriors can't be in a situation of chasing their tail and being successful. Um, some of their great runs have come from having a, a wonderful run to the tail end of the season, but it very rarely comes from a zero base, so the Warriors need to start to show uh, the type of football that um, finals teams have and that is a consistency where your best is not so far away from your worst it's like they're in different postcodes. 
Mate, Sam, we, we do have a comedian segment on this show at some stage during the week. We can invite you back if you like to talk about Warriors Grand Final, if you want to. Yeah, hashtag not out yet. Please don't don't quote me on that. I, I don't think this is the Warriors year, but it's uh, it's, it's, worth, it's worth getting excited about. And, and Smee, just on 2022, I am quite excited about the Winter Olympics, and I don't recall saying that as uh, um, from a New Zealand perspective ever. Like the team has uh, got some great young talent and can genuinely go in there thinking, look, this team could medal. We've seen it before. We've seen the medal uh, with Porteous and uh, Zdowski Sinner and young Ben Barclay's performance over um, the weekend and uh, Alice Robinson. There's a great young squad there that New Zealand should be pretty proud of and I'm really excited to see how they'll measure themselves and uh, what is actually an event that I think New Zealanders would really enjoy if they had more stake in it, more skin in the game and having people con- uh, contending for finals and that would, would bring that along the way. Absolutely. Uh, you make a very good point there, Sam, and we won't be ignoring it here on the show at all. We've uh, already interviewed Nico Porteous and a couple of others um, in the build-up to this, so we'll be following their progress without doubt. Here's one for you, Mark sure. Hinton, uh, with your cricketing background, uh, and uh, here's an interesting one. We're, we've got a Mount Rushmore this morning on the foremost uh, impressive batsmen on the eye, not necessarily the great accumulators, and we're not looking got wisdom out here looking at averages and things. But on the eye, uh, if you turned up and, and wanted to go to a game of cricket, Mark Hinton, and said, look, this is a batsman I really enjoy watching. In your past or your present, who would that be? Oh, for me, it was Martin Crowe. Uh, the late, great dearly departed. I just, you know, the way he batted, um, just the way he accumulated, the way he got his innings going, the way he built his innings, and just the... Um, the touch, the feel, you know, the way the ball came off the bat. He was just a master of his craft. Um, um, <laughs> and, and, and another player I love watching, I'm a bit biased here because I went through school with him, but when Ken Rutherford was at his best, I love watching him. He took a lot of chances. I know he had his, had his troubles, but, uh, and he's a polar opposite to... Uh, to Martin Crowe, no doubt about that. But when he was at his best, I loved watching him as well. So uh, two, those two from that era, and probably Stephen Fleming from the more modern times. Again, another guy that just timed the ball so beautifully. Loved watching him when he was at his best. Uh, the ball just came off the bat so beautifully. So Fleming and Crowe, probably the two masters. And, and with my little bit of king side bias, Ken Rutherford at his best. Well, there is a dinner party I'd like to be at, and you would too. Martin Crowe, Ken Rutherford, and Stephen Fleming. That's a, that would Absolutely. be a heck of a dinner party these days. <laughs> Sam, Sam Ackerman, um, favourite batsman perhaps that, that you w- would have uh, watched over the years or would like to see again at some point? First of all, I'm not picking up the uh, the wine bill for that um, that order, just saying, at uh, that table, uh, that dinner party. That sounds, that would be... That would be crippling. Um, but the uh, the just the joy to watch the people who uh, I, when I would watch bat would make the you know the in their role make the hair on the back of my neck stand up uh, would be I'm, I'm obviously showing my preferred style of uh, of cricket here. But I loved watching Great Batch, Cairns and Astell. Those are the ones that when they were on, um, they had my full and complete attention. I still remember 
sitting, um, I was up in the media box at the time, but I thought, no, I need to get out of this. And I went and sat right by the, uh, right by the boundary to watch sixes rain over my head when Nathan Astor mm. went absolutely ballistic in that test against England. It was, there's something about the, the clean hitting of those gentlemen that, um, that sticks with me to this day. And, of course, Martin Crowe, you can just sit there and enjoy every element of what he does. And uh, I've, I've always enjoyed watching Kane Williamson go as well. But just the, the clean, crisp hitting of those three. And maybe you could, I could even throw Martin Guptill in there too as well, if I'm being fair, of, of when they just hit the ball, it just stays hit. And I think there's some balls that he hit are still moving somewhere around the globe. So it's, uh, it's, they're great to watch. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Um, it really has. Uh, we're talking also memories of Lancaster Park, and I'm sure both of you have got plenty of those, uh, as well as the Astor one. So uh, that's for another day. But thank you so much for your time this morning. Mark Hinton, Sam Ackerman, that was the panel. Really enjoyed it.